1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Age Speaks podcast on black and white and red all over. I'm your host Danny coming to you for episode number 110. My goodness, we're already in the 110s. Almost like the weather back home where I live. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to listen to this episode and other episodes, feel free to like and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts. You can listen to us there and if you want to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to do so. So we will be wrapping up the U.S. tour with one short of the usual crew. So let me bring in Sam Pressy. Hello, Sam.
3: Hey, Danny. It, think of it this way when it comes to the temperature back home. At least it's not
1: winter. I prefer winter to 110 degrees. Mm, there is nothing worse than winter. Maybe not East Coast winters. There is nothing worse than winter. <laughs> We've got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. How are your thoughts on winter?
0: I mean either extreme is, is is pretty bad, honestly. I mean the disadvantage or I guess the problem of winter is just that it really messes up your car. Like you know, with <laughs> just with extreme winter like weather it really messes up your car and transportation. I don't know. General. I
1: wouldn't know. I wouldn't know.
0: Oh, yeah. Chuck, yeah of Chuck's of course, my friend, yeah. that's what a garage is for. Oh yeah, yeah, well, you know, a privilege. <laughs> and also, <laughs> you know, we have, you know, we only have a one car garage so it's a bit of a battle for uh, for a spot for the garage spot but yeah
3: i don't know how to drive
0: yeah Uh, what happens when you've
3: been when you were raised in manhattan a car is a nuisance
0: yeah i only got a car once i moved to the u.s so you know (laughs) i I had
3: subways
0: and yep i wouldn't have had a car either if i were still in europe (laughs) well
1: i can't relate
0: i've always had a car (laughs)
1: <laughs> San on that Diego's note, got
3: decent, uh, or San Francisco, rather. San Francisco's got decent transit, too.
1: Yes, and not very many parking spots. So, you know, but anyways, I digress, not to not to talk about my homeland in the Bay Area, but obviously we've got a, a California-related thing to, to talk about since Juventus just wrapped up their U.S. tour in not Los Angeles, but technically Pasadena, although everybody will call it Los Angeles and that is my California geography nerd coming out. But (laughs) since it was not exactly a very high note that Juventus ended it on, I'm not sure necessarily if we want to do takeaways from the week, but do we want to do takeaways from the tour, seeing as Juventus played three games in, oh, about, what, nine days?
3: Yeah. You know, it is a little bit of a sour thing, not only the result against Real Madrid in a game that we really were never really even competitive in, but you know, usually the the main thing about these tours is everybody gets in some good work and everybody stays healthy. Well, we didn't even get that, <laughs> and unfortunately, one of the one of the the bits where the health ended up being compromised was also probably one of your biggest marketing opportunities on this tour, which is to have your American player play in America. Obviously, there was some sort of a uh, you know match fitness issue when it came to. Weston McKinney and, uh and why well, he didn't play in the first two games. And then he was supposed to come on for the, for the last one. And he, and obviously like, uh you know, as the news has been, has been putting out dislocated his shoulder right, you know, that morning in training, but, you know, it would have been nice to have seen your, the, the guy who, you know, if you're, if you're trying to use, you always use a tour like this to expand your, your base and your reach in the, the tour area. Well, there's no better way to do that than bring out your American who, you know, has become an indispensable part of the USMNT. And it's, it's just a shame that, that uh, McKinney was never able to be used in that sense as well. And also, you know, didn't get to see arguably your best player right now that, that is playing in Dusan Blavich, except for the last game of the, of the tour. So it, it, was, uh, it, it was a mixed bag. Because there were some good things, you know, watching Nicola Fagioli and Nicola Rovella play and, and look like they belonged. Like, they did not look out of place, neither one of them. You know, that was good, but, you know, there, there, this could have ended better.
0: Yeah, so a um, so big disclaimer, obviously, um, due to my own scheduling conflicts and being out of town, here and there um i was actually not able to catch any game of the preseason tour so shame on me but i will be much better during the season or as the season starts in we, uh, we would uh, hope little little. yeah i <laughs> <laughs> i am i am loyal to the cause just uh not in the summer <laughs> but i think really just kind of looking looking back from what i've read and kind of highlights i've seen and just a general temperature that i've gauged from uh from well from you guys and just people on the on the website, uh, in the comment section, putting it all together, I think my main takeaway really is that I don't think there were any surprises during the preseason in terms of just how we played. You know, obviously we played against the well, B team of Chivas, which yeah, I mean, you know, it was just two no victory, and I was you know just kind of run in the middle stuff there. And then against the other two opponents, the uh, you know Barcelona, Real Madrid, and of course Atletico is still coming up. Uh, you know, the big three in Spain, uh, they're. Uh, yeah, uh, got them all this summer. But yeah, go still coming up, uh, I believe, next Sunday. So yeah, I mean, against higher caliber opponents, we were clearly, you know, playing catch up. And again, to me, just no real surprises. I don't really see any surprises from, from, uh, from those two games anyway, because I mean, you look at it from, you know, Real Madrid. I mean, they just won the Champions League, what, two months ago? And in the first half, I believe they played almost, exactly the starting lineup they played in against liverpool i think to i want to say yeah almost I, I mean i don't know it off by off by heart but it was i mean benzema vinicius uh Kroos, modric casimiro uh benzema valverde uh, federico valverde and yeah just their defense so i mean that's basically the starting lineup that won them the you know biggest club competition in uh, world football so you know frankly and yeah they Clearly outplayed us. So, you know, there's no real, I mean, there's no real surprises that we got bettered by the champions of Europe. Um, you know, that doesn't really, you know, that doesn't really shock me. I mean, obviously it sucks. I mean, I'd love to beat, you know, i love to show that we're totes though the, you know, champions of Europe, but we're just not. And again, I don't think that's really a surprise to anyone. As for Barcelona, I mean, they've clearly been way on, on the up, upward trajectory since uh, Xavi became the coach. You know, the end of the season, well, okay, the last few games were a little iffy, but just in general, since Xavi came, I mean, you know, that big 4-0 victory against Real Madrid in the Clasico, that that one, you know, there, and now they've only strengthened. I don't know how they've poofed the money out of nowhere, but. Um, oh, they still... find a way. <laughs> yeah, they've... they always find a way. <laughs> Which, fair enough, I mean, I'm not a financial expert at whatever. I, I shouldn't speak on things that i'm uh, you know not uh not an expert in but you, don't, you it- don't have
1: to you don't have to be a financial expert to know how much debt barcelona has accumulated over x amount of years yeah, yeah. guess what it's more than any word any financial term that starts with m
0: <laughs> yeah it, 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 it's more than yeah. the
1: gdp of a lot
3: of small countries like
0: yeah Which, granted, I mean, Real Madrid is probably guilty of that, like, just in general, in terms of their expenditures. Not recently, but, like, in the years, kind of in the Galacticos era. But anyway, so, you know, yeah, Barcelona have obviously strengthened. Yeah, I mean, have a very, very impressive lineup and just building off such a positive, like, upward uptick in form. And, yeah, Dembele, you know, obviously kind of harassed us uh, pretty well in that game. So, to, again, be lacking against... A team like that that is i mean i wouldn't say Barcelona 100 back but i mean i think they're very much competitive again i don't think they're the you know shambles that they were under my uh my fellow countryman uh Ronald Koeman. uh so yeah i mean to just you know to see those two results and see how we stand i mean it's really i guess it's a barometer for us to know like look in general we'll probably compete in this area i think i mean i i've I'm confident we'll compete in the city for the school uh, I hope I'm not sure yet. I mean, we'll probably have a season preview, uh, uh, podcast uh, next week, uh, I imagine, or whatever. Um, but so, I mean, I'll expand on that more elaborately, but um, you know, I imagine that we'll just be competitive in the league, but I think again, just these preseason friendlies just show me we're probably going to be semi okay in champions league. I don't expect us to really do much better. Maybe, I mean, maybe quarter finals or something like that. But point being, I mean, once we come up against the big guns in Europe, I mean we'll probably be comfortably second best. Um, uh, which yeah, again, I mean, that's no real news to me, nothing really shocking or anything. And that's just I guess the status quo. So a very long takeaway. <laughs> um, sorry for that, but um yeah, I think all in all it's just no real surprises. Yeah, I
1: I think the biggest thing for me, and granted I only saw Real Madrid highlights, but it's very much true from the Barcelona friendly as well, is that if Juventus is going up against a team with that kind of speed and attack, I mean, you mentioned Debele and Vinicius is obviously another case as well. Is that you know the the unfortunate uh still here, Alexandro is going to struggle. I mean, we saw him and Juan Cuadrado have some not very good moments against Barcelona. Uh, Danilo obviously gives away a penalty against Real Madrid. Juventus just doesn't have, and it's ironic because we're, we were talking about it, you know, applying to one of my favorite teams in a different sport before we hit record, but just you look at a, a squad like Real Madrid and they just seem more athletic than Juventus in a way like just they in a way they can out athlete and i know that it sounds weird that you know real madrid has a guy in his mid 30s leading the line where you compare that to juventus and dušan Vlahović is very much still a young player even though he's very very good already but i don't know it just you you look at you look at these these last couple of friendlies against arguably spain's two best teams and it very much is there to point out juventus's weaknesses rather than Hey, this is this is a strength. And unfortunately, that involved the fullback position being exposed a lot of times, especially the left back position being exposed a lot of times. And I don't know. It it's I come out of this US tour outside of like Sam mentioned, you know, the young midfielders showing some really good things. Like, okay, this is kinda what we expected it to be. And I know it's July and I'm not freaking out like some other people are, but Yeah, if we're sitting here a month from now and Alexandro is still making mistakes, is that a surprise? You know, injuries are already happening. Okay, yeah, they're kind of, you know, you don't necessarily expect Weston McKinney to separate his shoulder the morning before a game, but it's like injuries are going to happen to the squad because they've been happening for years now. Paul Pogba obviously is a kind of a case that we still don't know what's going to happen there. We assume that he's going to be out for a little while, we just don't know how much that little while will be, but I don't know. It's just, I, I'm kind of feeling, especially after Real Madrid game, I'm just kind of feeling indifferent about the tour in a way. I don't know if that's wrong of me to think that way, but yeah, it's just, it, it feels like, okay, hopefully they got some match fitness in, uh, and hopefully in a couple of weeks, they, they play better than they get, did against Real Madrid. So I guess we've seen much, much worse US or preseason tours in this one. I guess, and I don't know, maybe that's why I'm kind of indifferent about it.
3: It was 10 years ago when we got beat by Red Bulls, (laughs) by the New York Red Bulls. I I, I think the one thing that you mentioned, I was gearing up to say it, and then you did it, it, like you said, that the lack of pace in the back line is going to be a serious issue, and it's raised a minor concern in my, you know, in the back of my brain about how, uh, you know, does Max Allegri look at that and just start turtling up again because he doesn't want guys to get in behind? Because that's an absolutely a max thing to do. Because, you know, that this team is, we've seen this team at its best, you know, when they do push and press, you know, the 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 home game against Inter, which, you know, lost on a, an unlucky penalty. But, you know, the, for that, especially that first half, they looked really good out on the front foot. And really the, the biggest change apart from, you know, the biggest change, you know, playing player personnel aside, the biggest change that had to happen this year for Juventus to be more competitive was for Allegri to open up and get a little and get out on the front foot a little bit more. And if what he saw in this, in these last two games spooks him enough, to decide to to keep his line, his defense, the defensive line low. We're going to be looking at the exact same thing that we were looking at last year, you know, trying to slog out counterattacks and, you know, against, against inferior opposition, and that could come back to haunt us again. So that, that's the thing that, that if there's one thing that worries me, it's not necessarily the players, you know, like Vlaovic, you know, that was his first game in what, two months. Mm-hmm coming off an injury that had had him skip the international break in the summer. I wasn't too bothered by that. Apparently the, the British guy on FS2 who was the doing the, the, the color commentary, you know, <laughs> was like, was, was taking every chance he possibly could to land blast Vlavic at one point when he, at, at one point when he said Juventus need to get a forward Juventus need to get a forward, they need to get a number nine? Somebody like Anthony Martial, I think, would be a major upgrade. And I'm sitting there going, "Really, Anthony Martial? Manchester United washout uh, as an upgrade over Dusan Vlahovic? Yet, yeah. get f-ed, man! Like, tell, like, tell me, tell me you don't watch anything other than the Premier League without telling me you don't watch anything other than the Premier League. I, I'm, I'm not too concerned about the play, about the players that you know beyond health." Uh, in preseason what I am concerned about like I said is what Allegri is going to glean from this from these games and whether or not that might leave us lacking when it comes to a step getting a step forward tactically
0: yeah and just on the the lack of pace bit um and then what Allegri's reaction might be I, I think I mean the only reaction that you can could have to that is indeed to just Play the you know, play the park the bus tactic, and just deep line and you know soak up the pressure. I know, right? New season, (laughs) same old place. New season, same old stuff, man. I mean, yeah, because I mean, you just can't like, I mean, if you don't have pace in the back line, you can't play high line. I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, you just can't do that. One through ball, and then it's over. At at least if you have some pace in the back, you know, you can have someone that kind of puts the uh, emergency brake on, if you will, and is able to maybe recover and clean up uh, clean up the mess the last minute. But um, you still have that kind of get-out-jail option. But, you know, if you don't have pace at the back, then, uh, you know, that that kind of... telly was yeah.
3: doing that a couple times last night.
0: Yeah, I mean, outside of, of Bremer, I mean, is there really,
1: really anybody at the back that you can be like, who's going to play regularly back? there? assuming that, you know, Juan Cuadrado isn't thrust into being a fullback full-time. I mean, is there anybody really that it's like, okay, there's the emergency break, like you were saying? I mean, it, it you know, Leonardo Bonucci. I mean, maybe no Gatti, I
3: haven't seen, I haven't seen Gatti enough to really yeah. know how pacey he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, Bonucci definitely doesn't feel that. Rugani definitely doesn't feel that. I mean, it, it's, it's really just like.
3: And Sandro just doesn't, like, it really is mystifying to, to me what just happened, to what exactly happened to him? Cause like it, 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 what he went from, you know, being br- relative bright, inventive, pacey to just, uh, uh, you know, if, if he were, uh, if he were somebody's bake on the British baking show, the, the start calling him stodgy, you know, it's
1: like, and it, this isn't some new thing either. I mean, it, no, it's, yeah, it's, been it's what it's going on two, three years now that Sandro has yeah. been this version of a player who's, just a shell of what he was his first three, four years at Juventus. And I mean, the unfortunate thing, you know, and obviously hindsight is, is what it is. But I mean, you know, when Juventus were getting 50, 60 million offers reportedly for from the Premier League, it's like, man, y'all should have took that and run with it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I think case like Sandra just, it does make me appreciate just how difficult it is to sustain truly like high, high, high class performances year after year after year in professional football, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it is, it's just hard. I mean, obviously he's, you know, nowhere near just what he was uh, when we first signed him and, and just during, you know, his best days, even playing with Brazil, uh, the Brazilian uh, national team. I mean, he was, you know, for a period of time, he was a starter. I mean, he was nailed on left back at you know, one of the most successful or the most successful team, uh, national team uh, in the world. So, yeah. I mean, it's he's 31 years old now, and it, I think it's just to me it, again, it's, it's a very general kind of observation, but it did make me think like, wow, it is very, very difficult to sustain truly, truly high, close to world class performances season after season, especially as you get into your thirties, which makes me appreciate players like I don't know, Benzema and I mean, as much as uh he who shall not be named, uh Ronaldo. <laughs> um and you know, even Messi, I mean, obviously had some issues at BSG. But and, and you know, just those types of players just being able to sustain that for that long. But yeah, with Sandra, like you said, I mean it 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 isn't like this happened overnight. I mean we had a pretty good um heads up I guess for you know the last plus minus two seasons and yeah i mean ideally luca pellegrini would have been experienced would have been like two seasons or so in have of having had regular football with juve already so that he's really ready to step into that role
3: ideally leonardo spinazzolo would be yeah, a Juventus yeah. player so yeah
0: yeah of course yeah that's that's true too yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, we don't uh, live in an ideal world, uh, last, but um, I mean, if if there's ever a time that the left back spot was for the taking, I mean, it's 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 surely now. Who, whoever dares step up and take that spot and claim it to be yours, I mean, it's 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 there for the taking right now.
1: Yeah, the unfortunate thing is that Alexandro is still very much here and fighting for
0: <laughs> that spot which in a, in a, in a, way I do respect that. I mean, not to just pick up your paycheck and just dial it in. I mean, he, he does obviously his performances have declined, but he does seem to be genuinely trying. I mean, you know, not just to be like, all right, I'm just going to pick up my paycheck and, uh, you know, just run out my contract. But, but I mean, at, at this point, trying is just not enough. <laughs> you know, we don't, you know, I've said this multiple times on a podcast, like we don't have time to be in transition years every year. Uh, you know I will accept one maybe two years of transition but you know you can't I think that was I, I always told my good friend of mine he's a Milan fan and you know I was told him like that's like the curse really of and I, I think that's what the problem that Milan had until you know they've turned things around now but they were just perpetually in a transition year and that just like you're like okay this year we're transitioning and, and you know things we we, we got to be patient with results and then next year again. Oh yeah. Okay. But last year we we're still transitioning and we're still transitioning. And then that just goes on and then you're just languishing in mediocrity for, I don't know how, long, I mean, how long were they off the, you know, off the ball for, you know, multiple, I mean, what, four or five, six seasons or something. So uh, yeah, we just quite literally cannot afford that. So um, yeah. So with players like, you know, Alexandra and who have yeah, been in decline for some time now, uh, well, yeah. What's the succession plan? Uh, you know, I don't know. But again, it just shows that going back to the whole lack of pace thing, and then the problems at the back, it does seem like it's going to be same stuff again this year, given that, yeah, we don't have that pace. And the only change that there has been in the back has been, you know, like for like change with the Licht and Bremer, which I mean, Bremer is obviously a top notch guy. But other than that, yeah, it's the same stuff, same stuff, new year. But So we're probably going to see many of the same tactics uh, defensively anyway. Um, I don't think we're suddenly going to play a high line, high press, or anything like that. You know, I
1: mean, Max Allegra isn't come out against Sasuolo in a couple of weeks and be like, ah, I showed them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, and I think, given I mean, that, it's I hope be, I'm wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's probably just going to be relying on individual moments of brilliance then. You know, just um, which, hey, at least we got a player like Dima, yeah, who seems to be capable of definitely some, you know, very high class, uh, individual moments, but yeah. Ta- and, and that's also going back to kind of what is the point of preseason Well, it's to see, okay, obviously fitness and just getting back into, you know, match sharpness, but then it's also to see, okay, is there going to be, what are the general tactics going to be and the general, like just a shape going into the new season? What is that going to be? And, you know, like I said, I don't think we're going to see many surprises. Yeah, next year. I mean, uh, formation change. I think seems like we're gonna go with the four-three-three ish. I think that's, let's say, yeah, with some degree of certainty. So, okay, the formation change there, but yeah, will it result in substantial differences in the style of play. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really not sure. And again, you know, I don't want to pull too much from what is it, three preseason games. That's all obviously uh, the danger as well.
1: So you're not overreacting?
0: I am reacting. Not (laughs) underreacting, not overreacting. I am (laughs) reacting. Just uh, cool as ice.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW group. where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Well, is there anything uh, we want to talk about regarding the preseason tour before we get to more injury talk?
3: Shout out where shout out is due to the performance Mattia Perrin put up uh, on, uh, on Sunday. He was really flipping good.
0: Yeah, he has some excellent saves. Um,
3: that that scoreline could have been a lot worse had it not been for him, especially in the second half. It also while I was putting together the the lineups on the game thread uh, for the game, it kind of struck me that, you know, yeah, this is the, you know, preseason and, you know, it depends on who you want to bring, but Juve's bench, and obviously this, you know, had something to do with the fact that it was, you know, that, you know, Pogba wasn't there and and McKinney wasn't there, but Juve's bench was one two three four five six. Seven, eight, nine, ten 10 players on Juve's bench that were outfield players. Real Madrid's bench, outfield players, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. It just doesn't feel like we have that many bodies. Forget quality depth. Doesn't look feel like we have depth at all.
1: Yeah. And I mean, how many of those players that were with Juventus during this tour? are either going to be heading back to the under 23 team or heading out on loan somewhere, whether it's Seti R or Seti okay. B or Seti G,
3: At least five, probably six.
0: Yeah. And to be fair, there will be plus two for Juve, given that the and Rabio were absent. Game changers. <laughs> Game changers.
3: <laughs> if Rabio stays, which is yes. looking less and less likely.
0: Yes. No, nah, I mean Artur, but I, I'm I'm going to assume Artur is is gone as well.
1: I think at this point it's safe to say that Artur is not in Max Allegri's
0: plans. Which remarkably, no. uh, his counterpart at Barcelona seems to be in his coach's uh, plans. Apparently, Xabi said, "Yeah, Pjanic is in my plans." So, hey, redemption is always possible, I guess.
3: He wasn't even he wasn't on the bench yesterday for. Was he on the bench yesterday? Uh, on or last week for Barcelona?
0: Yes, uh, he, he played. He, he, played yeah, he
3: played in the yeah.
1: second half he played? against you. Yeah, yeah. playing second the half.
3: half and I think right. even I must have
1: fallen asleep. It was, <laughs> it was late. Don't worry, it was late for you. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned you mentioned Perin, and obviously one of the the injuries that I guess has kind of slid under the radar a little bit is that chesney has a little bit of I believe it's an adductor issue. So not only are Juventus down two of their top midfielders, but now their starting goalkeeper. We'll see. I'm assuming when they get back to Italy they'll be doing some scans at everybody's favorite medical facility at J medical, but you're looking at potentially, you know, a 30 year starting lineup that we had penciled in for Sassuolo now, not there. And obviously there's, there's the, uh, the friendly against that still to play. There's the family friendly uh, against the the Primavera. So there are still (laughs) chances for players to get hurt.
0: Yeah. That's the spirit. (laughs)
1: It's a wor- it's a worrying time. It's a worrying time. And obviously, we're, we're still waiting on Pogba. Whether, you know, it, it seems like now he's the, the most recent reporting out of Italy. Seems like he's going to be talking to the French national team doctors to see what might be the best course of action. Uh, Monday, Tuesday seemed like, you know, is what it'll, the Italian media has dubbed decision day. We have McKinney who could be out for a month or more with his separated shoulder. Who knows about Chesney at this point? So I don't know. It's uh, very much, you know, maybe, maybe that's why I'm feeling indifferent about the tour is that knowing that, you know, some very important players are going to be flying back to Italy and not exactly at full health.
3: Yeah. I, and, I, and I read some of the in our comment section this morning said something about the fact that apparently Manchester United was complaining about Atleti going rather hard in friendlies.
1: I mean when don't they? A Diego Simeone side doing that? No.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like wait, it's like how's that a surprise? <laughs> you
3: know? And uh but yeah, I mean hopef- hopefully, hopefully the guys at Via Priosa just uh just you know the pitch invasion happens early so that nobody can uh
1: Yeah, do it in the 20th minute so there's do it nothing, in like yeah, right.
0: <laughs> nothing to worry about.
1: <laughs> nothing to worry about then.
0: I mean, it's a strange dilemma, really, because I mean, with preseason, obviously you want your players to get fit. And like if they just have no preseason and then suddenly start games, I mean, they'll probably have more injuries than, you know, from just lack of fitness. But then it's like there's obviously the risk and then your players get injured during the preseason preseason. And you're like, oh, why do we play so many games during preseason? And yeah, I mean, it's a tough, tough dilemma. But at least with the goalkeeper situation, I'm not too worried. I mean, Matias Pellin, as we said, you know, has looked excellent um, in just you know, probably,
3: he could probably still start for a good a yeah, large yeah, yeah, chunk of said, yeah,
0: and also just in his you know, in his Coppa Italia games last season, he was just just always has been solid, you know, and yeah, it's strange how his career has gone, but yeah, at least I'm not too worried about that. But yeah, the other positions are, yeah, very uh, bothersome. Um, I mean, you know, the McKenney case is just bad luck, it sounds like. I mean, a separated shoulder that sounds like just, just a freak accident, you know, I mean, that yeah, there's just. You have to accept that some of the injuries, obviously, are just just freak accidents, but the other ones, not so much, not so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, the the Pogba stuff is that it's still very much a question mark. Is it's just kind of that that will obviously play a big role in you know the the pre World Cup slate of games. I mean, you know, we could be looking at him potentially out what a month or two, or it's until the new year.
2: So yes. it,
1: it's, it's very different. I mean, obviously, obviously with the schedule this year, there are more games after the new year, but yeah, yeah it's, it's either way. That'll be a tough blow knowing just how much it seemed like Juventus were going to be relying on him for obvious reasons, but yeah, I don't know. It's it until we know for sure. That's like, okay, you just want the answer to, so that we can kind of be like, okay, well, this is maybe how max could go and I, and i'm sure you know some players on the fringe want to know too.
3: Yeah, and it really does depend cuz like, you know, if he takes the 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 short route, that could really come back to backfire on him down the line because that's you know, the the the, the trade-off of, of only being out a month or two is that the knee is not going to be his knee is not going to be necessarily as stable as it was before and and we could be seeing a lot more re-injury. Over the next couple of you know months and years, but if he if he it does take the the more intensive surgery and and he is out until 2023, then maybe we have a chance to that that over the the long term length of his contract, we don't have as many issues, at least not with that knee. So it 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 really does come down to it, it's obvious what the French doc what the French national team doctors are probably going to be trying to push him towards because. You know, they want to, they're, they're going to probably want him for the world cup, but, and the, the pull of, of playing in that world cup and trying to defend his, their title and also to, to stay, to, to kind of wipe away the embarrassment of, of what France did last year that, I mean, that's going to be, I'd be very surprised if that's not front and center in his mind. So yeah, it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this works, but you know, he He also has a a guy, you know, an example of of this right in front of him when it came to Sam, uh, because Sam Titi, he, you know, who went to Russia and and played in that World Cup with him. He'd been having knee issues and and basically was faced with with this scenario, went the short route, played in that World Cup, and his career has been shot full of injuries since. That could be a cautionary tale for him. But you know the pull of playing in this World Cup. It you know another reason that this stupid, stupid, stupid World Cup is stupid and stupid. You know it, it that that the pull of that, of that World Cup is going to be strong.
1: So we'll see how it goes. All right. Shall we wrap this thing up with some Twitter questions, gentlemen?
3: Twitter me. Twitter right, me. Right. Yeah.
1: Tweet on up. Tweet on up. All right. First one here. I know we we talked about obviously the the preseason. Tour for a little while, but from at Diego R. Naranjo, hey guys, cheers from Miami. Hello, Diego, as always. Can you each share one positive and one negative observation from the preseason matches? My
3: positive, uh, and you know, I think Daniel probably turned this into my drinking game the way Tim Vickery is for the <laughs> Chucks, but uh, <laughs> uh, but no, my, mine is just watching Nicola Fajoli and and really just. I, I think seeing him playing on a level that that belongs. That was a, a big positive for me. And Rovella as well. Uh and it it's gonna come down to, you know, who does who stays and who gets loaned out. Right now, the indications seem to be that Fajoli is gonna be the cause they also I also saw some reports today that they're gonna be sitting down and doing his contract extension uh Fajoli in the next couple of uh in the next couple in the next week or so. So you know, Fajoli huge positive for me. I think he can do some really big things with this team this year if he's given the opportunity. And negative, you know, like like we were saying before, it's just injuries, injuries, and injuries and injuries. You know, I I, it sucks to be to be not coming to be coming home and not being whole uh, with this, especially the way that everything started out. You know, and Pogba had been such a bright bright point in the first friendly and and the injuries started and God knows what happens now.
0: Yeah, I'd say the main positive for me has been uh angel Angel uh seemingly uh integrating with the team quite quickly and just showing that he's you know he's still he's not joining uva just to be a passenger and just to kind of phone it phone it in for the last uh yeah I mean for the twilight of his career that he's uh yeah he's still got something you know so that's uh yeah, I appreciate that. And just at the age of 34, I believe he is. And going back to what we were saying about Sandro, just like how difficult it is to maintain high-level performances like year after year after year. Uh, especially as you're in your 30s. I mean, the even yeah, just you know, I think uh so far or in the preseason show that he's uh, really up there with just that level of professionalism and uh performances. So that's a positive. Uh the negative, I mean obviously injuries, but from what i kind of gathered from comments and just general match uh reviews was that i i think we're still kind of waiting for dennis Sakaria to really like kind of really show like his true potential with uh with juve um of course he's been here what now six seven months or so and I mean, joined halfway the season, but now he's had a preseason with the team, and I think, yeah, I think it's just like we're still kind of waiting for him to like really break out um with the team and i I mean I wouldn't say that's a negative per se, but I'm like, you know kind of like okay, when like are we do we just have to be patient here, or is it is it that he's just i don't know, yeah, and I don't you know what play it is, him but, in
3: the right position for yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that too, and yeah, but I guess just a concern. Maybe, maybe not a negative per se, but just more of a concern. Yeah. With that.
1: All right. I'll, I'll jump in and say my positive will be that. Uh, and I mean, this isn't a surprise to anybody who follows Serie a last season, but there definitely does not seem to be a drop-off between Matthijs Delikt and the guy who's replacing him in the starting lineup, which is <laughs> good. Uh, <laughs> knowing who's playing, who else is playing in defense. And as much as I would say injuries, I just think that Juventus will likely go another summer without addressing the left back position is, uh, yeah, is troublesome because as we were saying, relying on Alexandro at this age playing in this form, playing any kind of significant minutes is uh, not
0: great. So, oh, and of course, the uh, biggest positive was, uh, was uh, you and Sergio being in uh, Vegas. Ah. Of, course, hey. of course, the biggest positive. So shout out shout out
1: and and here here's another negative and i mean this is also kind of expected to but just to see the distance between real madrid the yeah, the yeah. team that won the champions league and juventus a team that regardless of where they are still says that champions league is a realistic dream of theirs is uh is pretty stark and uh it
0: that's <laughs> yeah, sobering man <laughs>
1: I guess the good thing is that it didn't happen, say, in the Champions League. It came during a July friendly. But anyway, yes, uh, that, is, that is pretty, pretty noticeable, the, the distance between the two teams. So uh, next question here from at lady underscore Andrea 264. Which player is likely going to be Allegri's Swiss Army Knife this season? And who of Locatelli, Bremer, Danilo, or Quadrado is likely going to play the most outfield minutes going into the season?
0: Uh, I'll take the first half of the question. Um, I forgot the second half already. So, (laughs) Um, sorry, short term memory loss. But in terms of the Swiss Army knife, I think it'll probably be Locatelli. And, but that's not necessarily a good thing because, you know, when I hear a question like that, I think, okay, you know, it's a Swiss Army knife of the team. That means that who's going to be the player that that Allegis is going to be like, all right, can you just like play here? This is not your position, but can you just play here for like three games? All right, now this guy's injured. All right, can you just like, play there for a few games and you know just this this kind of like kick him about the through in this case Locatelli through the midfield I I really anticipate that Allegri is going to do that he's going to put him in Regista some games and he's going to put him on you know on the right some games hell lord knows he might even play him Trequartista (laughs) like just for a random experiment because Allegri would do that but no I think Locatelli is going to be the one who's going to be most or maybe Zakaria. I feel like Locatelli more, but maybe Zachary, yeah. um Will just could be kind of kicked about midfield to just plug holes whenever there's whenever there are injuries. Clearly,
3: well, uh, I'll answer the second part of the question for Dory over here. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I would say Bremer. Defenders tend to have more minutes and get subbed out less. So uh, se- central defenders, especially. Tend to get subbed out less than mids and uh, and wide players, so I would say that barring any injuries, I think Bremer would probably lead the the team in
1: in outfield minutes out of the the guys that were mentioned. All righty, here next one from. Uh... Our old friend at Bachi Sabi, what players or tactics could Juventus potentially adopt to ease the difficulty of playing out of the back? Which, if you saw the Real Madrid friendly, was not very good at all. Is the answer simply a better playing fullback? Yes.
3: Could be that. Could be a, I'll have a lot of people saying, a lot of people I know saying that a, a real regista is a key to that. And allowing Locatelli to play further forward, it could also just be you know we're talking about zakaria and and his positioning, maybe letting Zakaria just play as a cdm and and clear that space out, which would let guys get the ball forward it, it it's It's certainly a, a a question of tinkering with the way the the midfield is worked, but I don't know whether or not it's going to be a matter of adding somebody like Paredes or figuring out something out of what we have.
0: Yeah, I think that covers most of what I was going to say. And to add to that, I think, yeah, if you're playing out of the back, it's, to me, I feel like, indeed, that's a big, you know, that's a big point. But I feel like it's also very much dependent on just the individual player's technique, like your ability to just handle pressure, like your ability to, you know, play facing your goal, but then knowing that you probably have like two or three players from the you know from the other team bearing down on you and and just kind of having that spatial awareness like all right I can't turn this way or turn that way and you know if I mess up now we're basically going to concede a goal so uh, I think playing out of the back is is very much dependent on just the, that individual player technique yeah and just that spatial awareness Uh, but then also another thing is that you know if I if I'm the opponent team and you know you're you're playing out of the back if I know that you don't have the option to like knock the ball over the top, like and have like a really fast player. I mean, in this case, hopefully, you know, Kiesa, but to play the ball over the top and like just play it over our defense and have a player running in behind and then boom, it's one on one. If I know that you don't have that option, I'm just going to go pressure you even more because it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to play a long ball forward and you, you know, who's going to run after it? I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, if you don't have that option, then it's like, there's not as much risk as pressuring you even more when in the buildup. So that's why a player like Chiesa is so important to have that, like kind of that danger of like, okay, if you guys pressure us too much, then we could knock the ball over the top. And then, you know, you have Chiesa through on goal that kind of puts that backward, like that reluctance to pressure the team too, too much in the buildup. So yeah, I'll say that's, I mean, that's a potential solution as well. But yeah, again, that's why someone like Chiesa is important. And, you know, with Di Maria coming in as well, I mean, maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's someone that could provide that ball over the top option. But who knows? Who knows?
1: All right, a couple more questions here before we wrap things up for the week. Uh first one from at sing Second 95. Assuming no Pogba and no new midfield players. What midfield sets Yubay up for success? Locatelli slash Ravella as number six. ABR anybody but Rabio? Locatelli oh Bajoli Zaccaria. Which <laughs> yeah. one, which one should it be? <laughs>
3: Rovella seems to be, you know, provided he stays. Rovella seems to be to be the me to be the most natural regista of the three. Although it wouldn't be, it would also be interesting to see Minetti play there. Yeah, I mean, I personally would love to see Fagioli playing at the, from the start against Osvaldo. If this is a, uh, you know, if 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 the space is there. It'll probably—I mean, I'm almost certain that it will be Locatelli and Zakaria, and then one of the kids. And unless somebody else gets bought
1: in the inter intervening two weeks. So you're not—you're not predicting Stone Cold Steve Austin glass crashing and Artur comes out. <laughs> uh, n- uh no 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 he doesn't get he doesn't get
3: Stone Cold's music maybe like Rico that guy from the 90s with the stylist gimmick, maybe he gets that music. But uh, I, I don't see... And, and the other thing is, as you said, ABR, anybody but Rabio, if Rabio is still a Juventus player, but on the way out, potentially, would he still... Would you still put him on the field, given the current situation, until he got sold? That's another possibility in there. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of moving parts because, you know, like I said in the, you know, talking about the news of McKinney's injury timeline today, you know, now you're at a point where an outside option almost has to be considered because you do need, now you're going to need bodies for the first couple of months of the season because those, those games come fast and hard. You know, you're, playing, you're going to be playing three games a, a week for quite some time. So uh, yeah it might it might be time to find somebody to to play midfield and be able to to provide a little bit more depth in just in the form of of being a warm body uh while Pogba and McKennie heal.
0: Yeah, I, I imagine it will be Zachariah in that central defensive uh midfield position. Uh Locatelli to his right, I guess. Yeah. And then yeah like you said, one of the kids, then to be that third third player in midfield. Yeah, I imagine I don't know Fagioli or Ovela. Yeah, it will be one of them. But like you said, with Rabio, the Rabio situation. If he, yeah, I mean, if he ends up staying, I, I imagine Rabio would be the third player. Knowing I to just go with the kind of safety first option, he would probably play Rabio then as that third player on the left side of midfield. So yeah, it would probably be Rabio or. Fajoli, then, as that third third central midfielder, But, yeah, the other two, I think, yeah, Zakaria and Locatelli would probably be it. ABR, Chucks. ABR, man. Make a hashtag out of that. <laughs> go on, lads. Hey, that's, there's the Instagram idea. Huh?
1: There you <laughs> go. There you go. All right. Last question here from at McCaswell. I hope I said that right. Uh, considering Allegri's tactical approach and the team's performances from the preseason, do you think we can expect improved results for the upcoming season? If not, does Allegri make it through a complete season? I'm getting spicy to end things.
3: I think that Juve will be certainly close enough to the top 4 that uh an in-season firing even if even if Juve are are badly under Expectations again. An in-season firing is probably not hundred percent likely, unless you look. Unless after the World Cup ends, you see somebody like Deschamps available and just decide, all right, it's got to happen now before somebody tries to snap him up. But certainly, if there's no improvement by the end of this season, there has to be a long and there has to be a long and frank discussion about whether or not Max Allegri is right for this team anymore.
0: Yeah, and again, I mean, I imagine we'll talk about this in our preseason or a season preview uh, episode. But um, I mean, we've had two transition years now. I mean, we—I don't think we can justify a third one anymore. I mean, at this point, we have to be competing for the Scudetto, or there's just uh, yeah. I mean, there's or there's just something really, really more wrong that we than we thought. Um, again, like you know. Okay, two years to kind of figure stuff out. Okay, but like a third year. Nah, I I don't think that's acceptable really for Juventus anymore. Obviously again, Champions League. I mean, look, we I mean we're not winning the Champions League. That's just you know <laughs> yeah, take that dream out of everybody's head, you know. Um, but conference league. <laughs> but, um so yeah, I mean we're obviously not gonna win that. So then it's just I mean, we've gotta win at the very least Coppa Italia if not scudetto and i mean obviously top four but yeah mid-season changes i mean it would have to be pretty pretty catastrophic i mean just like i mean we would have to be like (laughs) i don't know it would have to be god awful by like january or february i mean we would have to be like less than 10th position or something by like february or something if for la to be sacked again it, it would cost quite a bit of money to pay out his contract and uh yeah, I know we're getting into the habit of uh, buying out people's contracts. Uh, hey, Ramsey, um, <laughs> you know, to get rid of them, But yeah, let's not I, I don't think we would do that for a leg unless, again, something truly, 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 truly catastrophic happens.
1: Yes. Uh, since you mentioned him, a uh, text here from Sergio Romero, uh, shouts out Aaron Ramsey.
0: Thanks for accepting oh, my the termination man. deal. My man. <laughs> Hashtag that one.
1: <laughs> Hashtag Ramsey.
0: <laughs> man, we should have made a des- the decision out-, out of that one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're actually gonna we're gonna stop recording here we're gonna re-record a new brand new opening we're just gonna tell couch to splice there, everything together and make yeah. it sound nice is
3: there is there going to be a ram mentory
1: yes a ram mentory <laughs> aaron ramsey potentially coming to an mls field near you
3: decision. it's about the le- it's about the level that he deserves at this yeah. point in his career
1: yes i hope I hope, Sunday, yeah. I hope uh charlotte's medical team is ready Uh, Sunday on Peacock
0: TV the decision
1: (laughs) Ramsey Ramsey. the (laughs) Ramsey all right well we'll we'll wrap it up on those very poorly combined words (laughs) and all that Uh, as always thank you for your Twitter questions I believe we we answered every one of them that were submitted this week so thank you guys we always appreciate them and if you want to do so send them to us at Juventus Nation on Twitter you can also send them to us on Instagram if you want even though it's not technically Twitter Uh, at B-W-R-A-O underscore SBN on Instagram. If you want to follow us on those two places, as well as Facebook, search black and white and red all over. Uh, Same search tool for your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free to give us a nice, fancy five-star rating and a review because we like nice things. So... For Sam, for Chucks, for Sergio, and for Producer Couch, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.